Where last we left off, our party had taken orders to deliver an urgent message about a human assault on the kin in these embattled lands that they try to make their way through. As they worked their way up a treacherous mountain pass, ever on alert, they came to a small clearing where they encountered three stout statues covered in strange ancient runes, the sanguine language upon them, that Relandir was able to read and then speak. However, upon speaking the warning etched upon them, a voice boomed down from the mountainside above, and an avalanche cascaded down upon them. So, everyone is going to have to do dexterity saving throws. 23. Four. A regular four this time, not 24. Six for Val. <laughs> 19 for Rolandir. Efron got a 20. And what did Mick get? Uh, not 20, but 28 oh, in total. Frick. So as the snow and ice and rock comes crashing down very suddenly upon you, everyone takes... 16 damage, except Mick takes 8. And then Lyrian, Rolandir, Lairotz, and Val, and Efron will all have to make constitution saving throws. Now, would you call this an area of effect type? I would. Oh, cool. Then I'm going to use my evasion, I think that's what it's called, and take half damage. All right, so you'll also take 8. Nice, but I'll still do the constitution saving throw. Rolander got a nat 20. So did Val. <laughs> <laughs> 19 for Lyrian. Val and Rolandir, what did you get just total? 26. 23 for Val. Efron rolled a 5. So Val, Rolandir, and Lerotz are able to quickly get out and on top of this torrent of snow. However, Lyrian and Efron are having a more difficult time and will suffer four strain from the attempt. With everyone now atop this snow and ice and rock that's now packed underfoot, you can barely even see the tips of these little statues on the far end of your clearing. And then a second later, you hear a sound, muffled but moving underneath this snowpack. And then one moment later, four forms burst out from inside the snow, evidently carried down with the avalanche, and land on top, adopting fighting stances. Roll initiative. Aw, dang it. <laughs> Rolander got 11. Lerotz got 17. Ooh, Efron rolled a nat 20 for 25. Hey, 25, same here. Mick got 10. 12 for Val. All right, so it will go two players, the enemies, another player, and then Kelnies, the three remaining players, and then Saren. As you look around at these figures, the four of them holding strange ancient daggers in their decrepit hands... The bits of leather that still cling to their frozen bones and decayed flesh is ripped and torn and battle-scarred. Their faces are obscured by rags, akin to those that one might bury someone with. Glowing, bluish-teal eyes looking out at you as blood seems to accumulate on their joints and around their jaws dripping onto the snow beneath them in little steaming drops. Well, Lerotz, having his shield and sword drawn, but realizing his glaive would be a better thing, goes, to battle! He's going to charge at the closest one. Okay. Are all of the creatures within five feet of each other? Or, like, is it, like, a line, you know, one five feet away from the other? Or how far away are they? 
So they are in a concave semicircle in front of the statues, with about eight to ten feet between them. Lerotz is going to charge the one nearest to him, and he is going to attack. Yeah, the nearest one to him. So as you approach the one on the left end of the semicircle, swinging your longsword. 21. That hits. Dealing 11 damage. I'm going to take my other attack as well. Same guy. 20. 20 hits. All right, now I do 13 damage. So 23 damage total. So as you make two attacks, swinging your longsword, you slash through bits of frozen flesh and leather effortlessly, smashing into the bones of this creature. It lets out a shriek as it backpedals from your attack, and you notice the side of its skull. There are three little indentations, holes, really, in a crescent shape. The sanguine! Is that sanguine? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they don't have ears. Yeah, they don't. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Can Mick go before everybody? Um, Or does somebody have an idea? If Mick has... I have a distraction, but whoever wants to go can go. Yes, so Mick, from where he's standing, extends his finger towards the enemies and casts True Strike. So as you gain a brief insight through magical means, which, by the way, you're also going to take one strain for casting the spell. Mm -hmm. This insight that you gain lets you envision scenarios that could strike these creatures down. And as your mind races through them, you notice that they would be particularly vulnerable to bludgeoning attacks that would smash apart their frozen armor and bones, and that poison, of all things, would probably be the least effective. Who would have guessed from the sizzling blood? You know what? (laughs) Well, Efron slowly puts back a large vial of poison. Oh, man! (laughs) Guess we won't need that. Mick, upon seeing this, says, Well, it might seem a little obvious, but I don't care, and I'm strained because of it, but... It appears that if you bludgeon these fellows, that they'll be killed almost automatically. Oh, and put that poison away, Ephron. (laughs) (laughs) Is that in my turn, or can I... That true strike is an action, so unless you have a bonus cantrip you'd like to cast. Or you want to move. Or you can move, yeah. Um, How close am I to them right now? You went right up to the stones, so you're probably within eight to five feet of them. Okay, Mick is going to take a couple steps backwards just to make sure in between all this that they're safe. All right, time for these suckers to have at it. The one that Lerotz attacked swings back at him with its sword. My AC is now 20, just so you know. Good to know. And it misses its first attack and its second one. Well, I'm going to use evasive strike or a riposte then on him. I just do an instant attack. I don't think I hit with a 13. You did not. Unsurprising. However, as that one finishes an attack, you hear a rumbling in the snow beneath you, and just to behind you diagonally, your right and your left, two more burrow out of the snow and slash at you with their swords. Two more than the original four? Oh, yes. Yay! The first one misses its first attack, but then strikes you with its second, dealing eight piercing damage, stabbing into your side. You have to make a constitution saving throw. Fourteen. Okay, then Lerotz takes 24 poison damage. Ooh, man. Can poison damage inflict a wound? In this sense, no, the poison will not inflict a wound. 
However, this second one that popped up out of the snow misses their first attack, but hits its second one, stabbing into you for nine damage, and then you must make another constitution saving throw. 25, biatch. Oh my gosh. Did that save me? Yes. You'll take 10 additional poison damage. All right. The one that is in the middle left of the semicircle leaps forward toward Mick and attacks you. Oh, goodness. Does a 14 hit? No, it doesn't. And then it misses its second attack as well. The third from left, Skeletal Sanguine, runs forward toward Rolandier. So does first and foremost 17 hit? It's meet or exceed, right? Yes. All right, so my armor cost is 17, so. So then, that'll be its second attack. It landed its first attack automatically. Oh, dear. That sounds like a nat 20. That does sound like a nat 20. And you take 22 damage as it stabs into you. That is a minor wound. Rolandir, you will be bleeding. With this bloodied wound in your side, you will move at half speed. Please make a constitution saving throw. 17. All right. The poison on the blade seeps into your being and deals 13 damage to you. Its second attack hits you for four piercing damage, and then you'll have to do another constitution saving throw. Ten. And you will take 27 poison damage. All right, well, I'm almost dead, so that's happy. The last sanguine bolts toward Ifron and engages him. Cool. Swinging its short sword does a 20 hit. Yeah, I mean, only barely. And then I assume because of that, a 19. Plus seven also hits. So probably traditionally, sure. Yeah, why not? Let's say it hits. Sure. So why don't we just roll these all together? Those two attacks deal eleven piercing damage as he stabs one and then stabs another one of its short swords into you. Was that both attacks or was that just the one? That's both attacks. So none. They didn't go over your thresholds. Oh, okay. However, you will now have to make two Constitution saving throws. All right. Um. Ba, 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 ba. That was a six and an eight. Okay. So then Efron will take fifty-three poison damage. Efron will take zero poison damage because he is immune to all damage and disease. Yeah! Poison. He's immune to all poison and disease. All damage! All damage! He didn't even take the 11. And disease! <laughs> yes, immune. The the short sword like just pings off of him and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm immune. <laughs> uh, you're quite mistaken. Attack one of those fellows, you'll have more luck. But, but yeah, so the poison... As Efron takes these stabs in stride, where the poison is debilitating his comrades, Efron's monk-like mastery of body and spirit, that combined with the uh, giant poison bat, has built up his resistance, and he is immune to all poison, and disease for that matter. So, All right, then you do not take 53 damage. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> all right, another player. Efron... Takes a little stab, you know, from this guy. A couple of stabs. Doesn't like that. Efron first is going to try something by whipping out the shard of Imin. And he's going to go for a little stabby stab on the Skeletor dude that uh, that just got him. Okay. Roll for attack. Okay. Come on, baby. 21. All right. Roll for damage as if you were using a dagger. All right. That is a d4, I believe. It sure is. Eight. You deal eight damage. 
Hmm, okay. Thanks, Emin. <laughs> All right, well, I was just... That was just a test. See if mm. it was cursed or something. Hang on. Yeah, if it could, like, break Stab a curse or something. Stab the statue. Stab the Or anything. Haunt. That's okay. Um, Ephron is going to take... He'll take another action, another uh, another attack. Ifran is going to make this one. He's going to spend a key point and make this attack a stunning strike. Cool. So, Batty here, Batty McBatterton, just has to make a Constitution saving throw. Twenty-two. Oh, uh, that that succeeds. That's okay. Whatever. Ifran will Ifran will attack him again. Then this time, just with his with his fist. <laughs> Twenty-four. That hits. Okay, and that is nine more damage. So after stabbing this thing in the side of the head with the Shard of Immen and seeing that it's not actually, you know, dead, um, Efron goes for a quick palm strike right towards this guy's chin, and then he's going to take Flurry of Blows. That sounds like bludgeoning damage to me. <laughs> is it, Noah? Well, um, it's his hand. <laughs> I'm, here, I tell you what. I'm just going to take my Flurry of Blows attacks on this guy, and then... Uh, it, it is bludgeoning. Oh, it is bludgeoning? Okay, so the first attack was not bludgeoning. Second attack was. Okay, he takes a Palm Strike, and now he's going to use Flurry of Blows. Oh, let me mark that he's using another key point for that. The first attack on that Flurry of Blows is going to be a nat 20, um, which I will assume hits. That is bludgeoning damage. So that's going to do 14 damage with the vulnerability. I guess that makes it 28. Correct. Okay, and hang on. There's one other thing that I want to... And now it needs to do a dexterity saving throw or be knocked prone. 22. Oh, nope. Had to get a 75 or higher. So No. <laughs> um, okay, so it doesn't get knocked prone. Um, and then my final flurry of blows is coming in. Coming in hot at a 19. That's a hit. Dealing seven more damage, seven more bludgeoning damage. This thing is falling apart. You have destroyed whatever scraps of armor were still upon it, and it is just decrepit flesh and bone, barely clung together by frozen tendons. It snarls at you, this blood that is covering its ragged-up face, spitting out into the snow. Calneus takes... A step forward, she extends her hands and she utters some words in Mazic, which I think only Val would understand, really. Yup. But in the heat of battle and being where you are with all this going on so simultaneously, it's you couldn't pick them out if you wanted to. However, you would all notice that the scarification that's present on her body seems to glow just a tiny bit with the slightest hint of bluish white and then fades again as a cyclone of snow lifts up on the ground on the furthest left of these creatures, the one that popped out of the snow and attacked Leirotz. And it whips it up into the air and, okay, tosses it off the cliff. (laughs) Sweet! (laughs) And it flies and flies and falls about... 600 feet. (laughs) I feel like that's pretty bludgeoning. 600 feet of bludgeoning damage? And it smashes far down the mountain against hard stone and explodes into little pieces. Nice. And that'll be Kelnius' turn. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Uh, Two more players and then Saren? Three more players. Lyrian can go. Go for it. Does he have to make any kind of action to get, like, 
out of the snow? No, you were able to work your way on top of the snow. It was just harder than everyone else, and you took some strain. All right, cool. Looking at the battlefield, Lyrian decides that he should first focus his aim on the enemies towards Lodrotes. He casts a quick spell. He uses Hunter's Mark. Lyrian's going to take aim at the original one that attacked Lodrotes. Okay. Does a 20 hit. It sure does. 16 damage. So as the arrow streaks past Lerotz and into this creature, it sticks right in one of its shoulders, knocking apart one of the pieces of leather still clinging to its frozen corpse, dealing a good amount of damage as its shoulder bone cracks wide open. And I'm assuming this other skeleton by Lerotz is within five feet of that one? It is. Cool. He's going to take a shot at that one. I'm assuming a 30 hits if a 20 did. Oh, man. (laughs) His AC was 31. No, yeah, that hits. Nine damage. That arrow isn't as effective, but it definitely gets its attention. And then for Lyrian's other attack, you said one's on Mick? Yes. He's going to attack the one on Mick. Okay. Does a 19 hit? It does. Dealing six damage. And that arrow sticks right in its chest, digging through the leather underneath its skin. Who's next? Two more players. Okay, um... I have a number of things I would like to do. The first would be, so the Archbishop can have a turn. She can't attack, but I don't want her to attack. Can I send her to land on the Schmo fighting Rolandir? Yes. Okay, so she's just going to do that. (laughs) And just land on him. Like, not even do nothing. Nope, just land on his head and do nothing. Plop right down on its skull. Cool. And then um, Val is going to cast Major Image and um, summon the foreman. I can get this large of a thing. I'm very excited about it. Um, an ancient white dragon to come careening down out of the sky and make like it is very upset <laughs> with everyone in, in this valley at this moment in time. So it appears completely real, including all like sound, smell, sights, everything, but it can't do damage. So there's a dragon now, and I would also like to <laughs> move... So that I am, I'm going to move 35 feet as far away from these dudes as I can while still remaining within 100 feet of the Archbishop. Okay. (laughs) So you basically move back to the mouth of this clearing where you came from originally. Yes. I I don't want to be by the snow zombies. (laughs) Okay. And this giant, for all intents and purposes, as Val would know in Kinlore, a drake, because dragons don't exist. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but drakes are a plenty, and this long, snake-like, winged creature of pure white and ice is careening down the mountainside toward the battlefield. Would your companions be able to? I think we're used <laughs> to like just giant things appearing at this point. <laughs> They've seen me do it before, so... That's true. We did see the big bat. Well, would we know that Val was casting it, or would we be like, oh, shoot, and, like, think that it's just coming? (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that's that's the question, I guess. I think Mick would be like, oh, crap, unless I saw Val cast that. I I mean, the spell has components to it that you would know I was casting a spell. I think the party is aware of Val's shenanigans by this point. Uh, You're traveling with an illusions wizard who has done this multiple times. (laughs) Will that be the end of Val's turn? Yes. I will state before I end my turn, though, that I would love to go again before these guys can, like, slap the archbishop out of existence. 
because I have a plan. <laughs> okay. I also have a plan that could... We'll, we'll do it one at a time. Go ahead... <laughs> Relondeer. All right. Relondeer. Although his also kind of depends on at least this punk getting away from him who's going to kill him because he's almost dead. But anyways, he's bleeding pretty profusely, and it's just like this thick ichor coming out of him. And he notices, and he's kind of like hunched over, holding his sword in his hand, some of the blood coming out of his wound actually gets onto the hilt of the sword. And rather than like just landing there and staining it it actually gets absorbed by his sword and it goes and it kind of runs the length of the hilt through the handle goes up into the blade and it just creates this sleek line of black up through the blade and it kind of has this wicked feel to it and he's a little unsure what that is but he aside from that is going to just position himself and ready for the oncoming attack. That was an action, by the way, the thing with the blood, so. Right. Are you making it radiant or necrotic? Necrotic. Okay. Saren rushes forward. He draws a sword, and he comes up beside Mick, and then slashes at this creature that is there, and he misses both times. Well, it was a nice effort, Saren. <laughs> and then he takes... A couple steps back. <laughs> what a noob. All right, back to the top. I'm glad to see Oh, Saren. no, Saren fell off the side. Oh, no. There I'm glad to see Saren hasn't improved in, like, three years. On his turn, Rolander looked up after seeing the blood get in the sword, and he sees this owl, the archbishop, perched atop the head of this enemy. How much confidence does this owl give Rolandir. I think that's up to Rolandir. <laughs> On a scale of one to emboldened. <laughs> <laughs> so, seeing this sword with whatever the heck just happened to it, he's going to attack this dude who's right in front of him. And he hits with a 26. That is a hit. He's going to attack twice, so I'll just do my second roll right now. Um, 16. That is also a hit. Cool. So, two hits. So he slashes once, and as he slashes through, he notices there's these slight black tendrils of his blood that reach out from the sword, and they seep ever so slightly into the enemy's bones and, the you know, kind of a dance around this black poison stripping off of them. And that does an additional eight damage. And then he notices that there's still kind of this odd light, not from himself, but it's kind of just coming from the sword that does an additional five damage. So he does 27 damage with that first attack. Then, then he has a second attack, which has already done eight damage, and then he gets three more D8, uh, dealing an additional 19 damage. So the Archbishop actually takes flight as Rolandir's sword in two quick motions cuts through this creature, and these black tendrils of Rolandir's own blood that cling to its form shoot all throughout it in a second and then another second later in this horrible high-pitched scream it disintegrates completely into dust. Sweet! That do be pretty dope though. <laughs> and Rolander kind of just holds his final pose just like act cool, and then he kind of hunches over a little bit because he's, like, seriously damaged. <laughs> then he throws up. <laughs> <laughs> How far away is the nearest baddie? About eight feet. 
he's going to back up about 15 feet. <laughs> sure, sure. There are four baddies left, correct? There are. So Rolandir's turn is done. Val, then? I mean, yeah, I have. So I have a <laughs> a question, I suppose, for you, Ryan. Um, I, my plan was to dimension door that schmo over the cliff um, using the archbishop as a touch point. <laughs> um, but the language of dimension door is that I can only take a willing creature, but it doesn't have any language about like a saving throw. So I'm curious if I can even do that at all. Can I invoke the rule of cool? <laughs> you you can invoke the rule of rift walkers in that we've already bastardized D&D to no extent. So, so yes, it will make us a, a saving throw. Okay, cool. So having had it, her initial target uh, vaporized by Bloodsword, um, <laughs> Val will direct the Archbishop to the the next nearest opponent that she can reach, I suppose. That'll be Mick's opponent. Um, and then landing on that one's head, Val will cast Dimension Door through the Archbishop and then transport said ice skeleton <laughs> to the cliff, having been very inspired by Captain Calnius's, uh cool cyclone. Well, that skeleton got a seven on its saving throw. Yeah! That fails by any metric. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. So the Archbishop and the skeleton just poof over to the cliff and... Uh, the archbishop begins to fly again, I imagine, and the skeleton falls. <laughs> falls to its death hundreds of feet below. Rock on. I am going to back up another 35 feet. <laughs> <laughs> Val backs up as much as he can, coming to rest against the piles of snow that have blocked the entrance to this clearing. The three remaining sanguine soldiers, the one to the right of Le Rots, who Lyrian did a middling amount of damage to getting its attention, actually notices the drake and begins flinging daggers its way, expending its turn doing literally nothing. The one in front of Le Rotes takes a stab at you, failing. However, its next hit connects, dealing a total of nine damage. And Ammon, constitution saving roll, please. I'm gonna guess ten don't cut it. All right, Le Rotes will take 33 poison damage. Man, I need to get My some of this goodness. poison. The one that is by Ifran is going to take a swing at him. So its first attack misses, and its second attack hits, stabbing you for four damage as its sword makes contact. But then you feel the effects of the poison taking root, and your body resists it entirely. Nice. I think Ifran will take a turn real quick. Oh, okay. If Ron's just going to take a drag of a blunt and then go for a hit on him. <laughs> what a marijuana reference. Why is this, this the meme of this episode? This is why Efron has been so chill with everything lately. Okay, just... well, the the blunt freaking worked because the first hit was a nat 20, oh um, dealing 15 bludgeoning damage. And as your fist or palm or however you're attacking it strikes into its chest, its body just seems to explode outward from the point of impact. Bones and ice shattering all around you. Bits of steaming blood falling to the ground and a nice mist. Nice. Then Efron is going to run over to the one that was throwing daggers aimlessly at the dragon. And Drake. Oh. <laughs> My bad. Sorry. Might be. Okay. You know, I, I forfeit my turn because I said drag it. This no. is embarrassing. <laughs> no. Efron is going to go run towards the one throwing daggers aimlessly at the Drake. Um, and he's going to go for another attack on that guy. 
Ooh, that one was only an 11. That misses. That's okay. So uh, the the ice is a little slick, but he will take he will take flurry of blows and go try for another one. Ooh, nice. That one was a 27, and the other one was a 19. Both of those hit. Okay, a little bit of damage. That's 17 damage between the two of those hits. And I'm going to have him make a constitution saving, no, a dexterity saving throw, or be knocked prone. Or would it be better to hit him away? No, knock him prone. This will work really well for what I'm trying to do. Yeah, knock him prone. That was the initial thing. Does 17 pass? A 17 does pass. Okay, so he remains standing. These people have very low centers of gravity. Yeah, they do. It was very, very sturdy. All right. It is now Kelnius's turn. Kelnius is actually right near Rolandir, and she lays a hand on your shoulder, and you see these runes and markings on her skin glow a bit of an orange hue, and then once again subside. And Rolander, you feel a great warmth rush into your body. Ooh. And a little bit of pee runs down your leg. <laughs> 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 and you are healed for 27 hit points as you feel this invigorating fire within you. And that doesn't do anything to my uh, minor wound, does it? That has to be like a rest or something? No, that actually does cure your minor wound. It stops the bleeding. Okay. Lay roads, I think. Okay. I got two guys in front of me, right? There's two right beside you, yes. yes. Right beside me. Okay. How far away am I from the edge of the cliff? 15, 20 feet. All right, for my first action, I am going to use Commanding Strike, and I'm going to yell to Val, Val, again! What does that mean for me? <laughs> the Dimension Door, do it again! Like, you, can, you, can, you can make one attack or cast a spell. The Commanding Strike allows you to take an instant action. Oh, sweet! And if you wanted to cast a Dimension Door at one of these guys, that'd be awesome. Yeah, the Archbishop is, I believe, in range to move and do that, Ryan? A hundred percent. Yeah. All right. I do that. <laughs> the archbishop swoops over and land like grips into his nasty mummy bandages and then pops him out of existence and deposits him over the cliff. That does happen because he only rolled a nine. Yes. Okay. Number two for my second attack. What would I need to do to pick this thing up? Specifically pick it up, charge over to the cliff and throw it off. <laughs> a strength check. <laughs> Do like a Chancellor okay. Palpatine thing. Emperor. Basically, I have never asked much of you. Please give me this. 19. You pick it up. Yes! And as you hoist it above you and rush to the edge of the clearing to this large slope just beyond, you hurl it over your head all the while as it's attempting to stab you. Both times missing. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. I only have 8 HP. <laughs> and it falls and falls and falls, and you watch it maybe 200 feet down smash against a rock face and just explode outward. That is the end of the encounter. Dun, 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 dun. If Ron grabs a toothpick, coolly puts it in his mouth, looks over the edge at the falling guy, and just says, Gutter ball. <laughs> <laughs> As the last of these creatures is destroyed, you hear the booming voice again, speaking an incantation in this ancient Ur Vale, most of it which even escapes your knowledge, Rolandir. And this image of this drake floating above you suddenly 
shifts glitching in the air and then it takes on a more concrete form more corporeal oh no and then with a large (gasps) boom it lands on the eastern slope of this mountain overlooking the clearing and delivers a powerful roar (laughs) 